The psychic sat on a rock at the edge of camp, his legs folded beneath him, his hands resting on his knees, his eyes closed, and his mind open. It was his task to remain alert while the others slept in their tents and in their blankets, safe under his protection. Sentries were not required when you had a sensitive in your merry band of killers, trained to detect the mind of an enemy moving into range. But in order to detect such a mind, in order to read its thoughts, dark with malicious intent or otherwise, those thoughts needed to flicker within the grey folds of an actual physical brain. Skullduggery Pleasant possessed no such thing. His brain had been burned from his skull, along with his eyes and his tongue and his hair and his skin and all the flesh and the muscle beneath. How he moved, how he spoke, how he thought, were matters of mystery that not even he, with his vast intellect, had been able to ascertain. Maybe when the war was over, when Mevalent was defeated and the threat had abated, he could devote his time to uncovering the secret of his continued existence. But for now, he had devoted his full attention to the fight. Skullduggery emerged from the darkness without making a sound. He walked up to the psychic, sitting there with his legs folded and his eyes closed and his mind open, and clobbered him about the head with a heavy stick. Once the sensitive was nothing more than an unresponsive heap, Skullduggery motioned for the others to advance. As he and the others moved forward, stepping over damp twigs and ducking under the thin branches of olive trees, ghastly bespoke, couldn't help but be impressed. In the thirteen years since Skullduggery had lost his family and died himself, he had been sinking steadily deeper into a pit of violent nihilism. His humour had become as sharp as the sword he wore on his hip, and as pointed as the lucky knife he often used to cut the throats of sentries and sensitives. The fact that here he had chosen the relatively benign option of a quick bludgeoning in place of a slit throat indicated to Ghastly that his best friend was perhaps finally ready to climb out of the pit and rejoin his fellow dead men in the relative brightness of a moonlit night in Tuscany. I'm proud of you, Ghastly whispered when he was near enough. I am unable to find my lucky knife, Skullduggery whispered back. I put it in my lucky sheath and hung it from my lucky belt, but it must have fallen off on the way here. That would seem to me unlucky, said Ghastly. I have tremendous fondness for that knife. Remember when I killed that goblin with it? Ah, delightful moment indeed. You still have your sword, though. Skullduggery grunted and tapped the hilt. If I try to cut a throat with this, I would take the whole head off. Widow's Lament is a fine sword, no doubt, but its home is on the battlefield. That is where it sings. My lucky knife had its own song, and it was quieter but no less sweet, like a whisper in a storm. 
Ghastly didn't like Skullduggery talking about the songs his blades sang. It was discomforting. All still asleep, Saracen Rue said softly, nodding to the camp as he crept up to them. The first teleporter's in the tent closest to the fire, sleeping on his belly with his head turned away from the opening. The second one is in the tent on the far side. I shall dispatch the first one, Skullduggery said. And I the second, said Hopeless, and vanished into the night. Skullduggery turned to Saracen. Could I borrow a small blade? Saracen frowned. What happened to your lucky knife? I lost it 